This is episode number 898 with Dar Man. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Jim Carrey said something interesting. I hope that everybody could get rich and famous and will have everything they ever dreamed of so they will know that it's not the answer. Man, it's so crazy how on social media we can get caught up in this need and desire to be liked, to be shared, to be viewed, to have people follow us. And we sometimes can attach our worth to the amount of attention we get on social media. Isn't it interesting how we can get caught up in this? I'm not saying everyone does this, but I'm saying that there are people that do this and it definitely causes a lot of anxiety and stress and overwhelm for people. Well, Darman has had an interesting experience as an entrepreneur in businesses, on social media uh, specifically, and had lots of ups and downs. If you don't know who Dar is, he's starting to take over the world with his content. He's a serial entrepreneur who's experienced lots of highs and lows from success, from funding millions of dollars in real estate loans at 19, to his time in the medical marijuana industry, to scaling an eight-figure cosmetics business. He has a proven ability to build companies. Most recently, he's become the fastest growing viral video creator in less than a year with over 3 billion views across Facebook, IGTV, and YouTube. He is growing so fast, it's crazy what he's been able to build. And in this interview, we talk about Dar's success and failure through multiple business ventures. He's had a lot of highs and a lot of lows. His struggles to keep up a lifestyle and appearance of success with friends, family, and on social media. His lowest point financially and how he built himself up mentally and emotionally to change his habits. He talks about a story where he was really shunned and shamed with his friends, social media, the press, his family, and how some people could stay in this dark hole, but he built himself back up from the ashes in a big way. Why and how he's become the most successful viral video creator on Facebook in less than a year that and so much more. I'm super excited about this. Make sure to share it with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 898 and get this message out there. I think you're going to learn a lot from his lessons of failure and success and so much about what he's been doing to build his businesses lately. Also, we have a big announcement to make. We have a documentary we are launching. That's right. A documentary called Chasing Greatness. If you go to greatness.com right now, you can watch this documentary for free. There is a week-long period where it will be open for free. All you have to do is opt in, and you'll be able to have access to this incredibly beautiful documentary. We had Hollywood film crew work on this. We spent about a year and a half, and it's finally ready for you to watch it. Some of the world's biggest experts are in there. I, I think of it as kind of like the secret on steroids in a new modern era. So if you're really looking to take your greatness to the next level, your life to the next level, then go to greatness.com and opt in to be notified of when we're launching this coming out very soon. We're also doing a um, one-night-only premiere 
in Los Angeles. So if you want to come and watch the documentary live with me and some other big celebrities and influencers who are featured in the documentary, then make sure to go to greatness.com, get your ticket because tickets will be limited. They'll go out very quickly and sign up there to either come watch it live and we'll do a Q&A afterwards with me and also opt in to get access to the documentary for that week afterwards. So check it out right now at greatness.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. And without further ado, let's dive into this interview with the one and only Dar Man. Welcome back to the School of Greatness, everyone. We've got my friend Dar Man in the house. Good pop right there. It's going to be a great interview. (laughs) Uh, We got connected. I actually found out about you, I don't know, five, six years ago probably, when you were this Jet Set Life (laughs) master on Instagram, traveling the world, with your beautiful girlfriend slash fiance slash cars, mansions, champagne bottles. And I was always like, something about this guy that seems a little bit off with this portrayal. Yeah. Right? And I was like, I don't know how he's making his money. I don't know if it's true or if it's not true. And then you kind of went silent. You went cold for like four years. Yeah. You didn't post anything for four years on social media. I deleted everything. And I kind of forgot about you until right. I saw you <laughs> come back again. Yeah. And then I started seeing your content on Facebook and I was like, wow, this person's really thoughtful, really philosophical, even spiritual minded, uh, and intentional about how he creates content. And it's really helpful for so many people. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> And what's his story? So we've started hanging out the last, what, I don't know, three to four months? Yeah. And you started to tell me your story and it blew me away about everything you've been through. So first off, let me start the context for people. You have the fastest growing page on Facebook right now. Over 2.7 billion views in a year. 2.9. 2.9. Today. Call it 3 billion when this Might comes out. Might hit 3 by the end of this podcast. That'd be we'll crazy. See. <laughs> three, 3 billion video views on your Facebook page, which is crazy in a year's time. Between Facebook, YouTube, IGTV. Gotcha. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. 
And um, I don't know, I think you might have over 10 million fans or followers across all social media in a year's time, about a year, year and a half yes, time. Yes, about a year, right. And it just keeps growing, man. So you've, you were dark for four years. <laughs> you came back with the, this massive platform from nothing. Right. And you have an interesting story about all, how you got here. So I want to learn about so many things, but I want you to first try to share the story of how you had this lifestyle before to yeah. where you're at now, the businesses you've been a part of. I know you have some type of some criminal history. <laughs> so I want to hear and let people know your story. Yeah. Because I don't think you've told it publicly at all. I was waiting for you, man. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go dark for four years <laughs> and wait come for on yeah. to reach out to me yeah. and tell it all. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so tell me, what was life like before yeah. when you were this kind of Instagram influencer back yeah. in the, the heydays of Instagram? For sure. Um, so I just moved to LA and at the time, you know, this was four or five years ago, I had some money and was just sort of living this Hollywood bachelor lifestyle with all the crazy cars and the fancy house, you know, everything you can imagine as to what that lifestyle looks like. I was going to the club, you know, four nights a week with $5,000 bar tabs, like every single night, living this high life. Uh, but, you know, like a lot of people, I was spending a lot more than I was actually bringing in. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you know, my mentality was just like, okay, it's okay. I can fake it until I make it. And if I just keep this up, you know, maybe I could start monetizing or somehow the money will follow. Um, but it didn't. It didn't come. And it didn't. And, so what was you know, this, just very, credit cards you were using or how were you exactly, spending well, on these things? So yeah, I mean, I've always been an entrepreneur and, you know, I've had some successes, but I've had way more failures. Um, and so when I moved to LA, I did have some money. So I was able to, you know, I, I had more money than like a lot of people did, yeah, yeah. but not nearly as to how lavish I was making this lifestyle scene. And where were you, where did you come so, from before LA and what was the business or the work you were doing before that, yeah. that brought you here? Yeah, definitely. So I grew up in Northern California. I grew oh. up in like this conservative Indian household. So Oakland, uh, Oakland area. And then I went to UC Davis. And then I've been involved in a lot of different industries. <laughs> I'm just a guy who was sort of always just looking for different ways of making money. Like what can which, I do? What's the best way, the quickest way? Exactly. So my, what are some of the industries? Like yeah, a, it's all across the world. You did real board, estate, you did. Real estate, I did medical marijuana, I did limousines, I did exotic car rentals, I did construction, I am now in makeup, right. I've created content. Um, I've been probably in about a dozen or so industries sure. and I uh, was just always like pretty much my entire life just chasing the dollar wherever I could make a quick buck. That's the direction that I would go. So you'd see a guy so, who was like, oh, I'm making a ton of money in real estate. Exactly. And you'd go chase that. You see someone who's crushing <laughs> construction. Right. Let me go chase that. Exactly. Gotcha. I thought the way to success was to have like, oh, I'm going to start seven different businesses. And the more businesses you had or the more opportunities you were chasing, the more successful you'd be. But it's sort of like that quote by Confucius that says like, the man who chases two rabbits catches neither one. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while to realize that, but I was always a guy who had a lot of speed. Like whatever I set my mind to, I could get there quickly, but my aim was always off. <laughs> and so yeah. what I realized is if you're going the wrong direction at 100 miles an hour, it's a lot worse than if you're going the right direction at one mile yeah, an hour. Yeah. But it took me to have a lot of experience with failure in order 
to finally get the direction right. Got it. Uh, but yeah, so involved in a lot of different industries until I finally got to where I am today. Okay, so you moved yep. to LA, you had some money, and what was the business you were in when you were in LA? Well, turns out it wasn't a business at all. I was investing in something that ended up not being a real investment. So, I mean, it's sort of a long story. I'm sure we'll sure. get into it at some point. Uh, but I just sold my medical marijuana company. It wasn't, I know that sounds major because everyone's into medical marijuana right now and it's this big hot industry, but I wasn't one of those massive success stories that had some huge exit. I sold with basically just enough to kind of start a life here in LA. Yeah, yeah. And then I had a bunch of time on my hands and I had some money. And so with a lot of people, a lot of young people with time and some money, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna be a full-time Instagrammer. And so literally every day I would just wake up thinking, how am I gonna post like the most baller image possible? Right. And so that's what my page became. It was all just about sort of the flash and the superficial lifestyle. And you know, in the beginning, like yeah, it was fun and it was exciting, but very quickly it started feeling real empty and I definitely started feeling like a lack of purpose and then also just felt inauthentic. Like mm -hmm. I wasn't being real. But when you're in that, it's so hard to actually see it and especially take yourself out of it because now you've got all these people that are sort of expecting that from you. So right. I try to maintain it as long as I could until I literally couldn't maintain it anymore. Because you had like, I think you got a million followers. You were one of the few people at a million followers five, six years ago when it was hard to get an it, audience. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of people that had a lot of followers yeah. on Instagram at that time. So yeah. at my peak, I got to about 800K, and then I just cold turkey went off Instagram, and for like four or five years, just watched that following decline. And it is so painful, I know that sounds like so silly to say, but if anybody has a social media following that's listening to this podcast, they know that it's stressful when you're losing followers yeah. or you know, you're not sort of at, the, at your peak that you used to be. Yeah. So it was definitely like a painful process, just being off the grid and sort of seeing my following slow, like just dropping off and then, you know, everybody speculating as to what happened to me. A lot of people thought I went to jail or they thought that, I, they thought the craziest things, but in reality, I was just trying to discover the new me. Mm. So, so you, you didn't yeah. post for four years on social media. Exactly. What was the, what was the, the final thing that made you say, okay, I gotta pull away from social media. Yeah, so I've had three major failures in my life. Three big ones. Three big ones. I've had thousands Small of ones. other ones, yeah. <laughs> but you know, a lot of people say that they've you know experienced success and failure, and it's very common for a lot of, especially entrepreneurs. But my failures are the kind of failures that will like knock you off your feet and put you on your back, and a lot of people don't recover from. Uh, but I've always been this resilient guy as well. <laughs> and I would say like, if I've got one skill set, it's being able to bounce back. Right. But every time I failed, I always had an excuse. I always had a reason, you know, like the first time, oh, it was the industry, the whole industry collapsed. That was the real estate, you know, um, the mortgage crisis that 2009. hit 2008, 2009. I was like, oh, it was the industry's fault. It wasn't my fault, but right? People were still making money yeah. in the industry that time. Exactly. Right? Were... I wasn't taking accountability. Yeah. And then, so the second time, uh, which I ended up getting my criminal charges, I got embroiled into like a lot of different legal issues. Uh -huh. 
my business like wasn't doing well and I ended up sort of selling it like at the bottom. So that was like my second experience with failure and it gets even worse. Each wait, wait, one was worse and worse and worse. So yeah. what was the criminal charges for? Yeah, so it's a, it's a crazy story. I'll, <laughs> I'll get into that whole story in a okay. second. And then, the so, third one then. and then the third one, which was even bigger, is I got uh, one of my actually friends who was running this investment company. Turns out he was running a Ponzi scheme, mm. and I had no clue. And you were and investing so I lost, in it, and I was investing in it, and getting... all of my income was coming from that. So when you asked me where was my income coming from, it wasn't even coming from a real business, but I didn't know that because I was getting all of my money from this investment fund. Yeah. And so, um, so of course, when that didn't work out, then I was blaming, you know, I was just blaming everyone else for why I wasn't succeeding in life. But after my third major failure, that's when I really stopped and realized I'm the common denominator I here. I am the one person that is consistent in all three of these massive failures and unless I'm gonna take that really serious to change the person that I am, then my outcome is never gonna change. Yeah. I'm gonna keep going through this same cycle of succeeding, making it really big, and then just falling flat on my face. And so I realized that in order to become the person that I needed to be, I had to just go dark off social media, start all over, and basically begin my life as new. Wow. Um, and, and that's how not were you easy. At that time? So it was I was about 30 years old. So yeah. I celebrated my 30th birthday with literally not even enough money <laughs> to buy the drinks I ordered at the bar. Wow. And everybody was thinking, because I was just getting off social media at that time, everybody was thinking of me as like this huge baller guy but I couldn't even afford my own birthday cocktail. So I had hit like super rock bottom. I was on the verge of like moving in with my parents. I thought I wasn't, you know, gonna be able to even pay my rent. Yeah, I was, I was about 30 years old when I turned my life around. And a lot of young people especially think like, oh man, I'm 22 and I haven't made it yet. I'm a failure or I'm 27 or whatever else. Like I was 30 years old and completely broke and starting over with my life, so. And you weren't only broke, but you're yeah. also, I guess, socially shamed for things too. Absolutely. Like you went through a, a very public breakup. Absolutely. A semi, you know, famous TV star. Right. And that, and she was saying things and the news were saying <laughs> things and friends were saying things. Like people Absolutely. were also publicly shaming you or whatever they were doing. Exactly, right? and that kind of pressure, there's even more to the story that nobody knows, you don't even know, but I'm happy to share it today. What's that? <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, I was like, we talk about the darkest time in your life, like that's definitely where I was. Like I thought I was gonna get diabetes, put it really? that way. Because you were so I was having health and... issues, I was so stressed. Like I literally thought that it was the end of the road for me and that this is all I would ever become known for in my life. I was just this failure that would never get back on my feet. I certainly could never have imagined a few years later that I'd be on the School of Greatness podcast, <laughs> it, sitting across from Louis' house, that's for sure. But it's crazy, man. it just goes to show that whatever state that you're in is definitely not your permanent state, mm -hmm. as long as you believe in yourself. Yeah, you can change it for sure. So yep. what's the story that you haven't told me or anyone? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so I guess I gotta kind of spell it all <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, you yeah, want me to start? Yeah, so I mean, I've, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, as I mentioned, lots of, uh, some success, a lot more failures, 
But I grew up um, and when my parents came to this country, they were completely broke. Like they came, I think, with seven or eight dollars in their pocket. I said seven dollars um, in their pocket, like in a YouTube video. And then my mom texted me and she said, you got to tell the truth. We had eight dollars. And she was like offended by that. Um, but so my parents came, they were completely broke and trying to figure out, you know, how to make it in America. They immigrated from India. We were living in this small apartment that we shared with three, two or three other families. Um, so really struggling. But my parents were really ambitious and very hardworking. And so even though I grew up in this like poor household, I saw how hard they were working and they started their own business that started becoming really successful. So I sort of had the entrepreneurship in yeah. my blood. Um, so when I was like four, when I was 10 years old, I started my first unofficial business. I was selling baseball cards uh, with a little stand set up wherever there was heavy foot traffic. At 14, I was the first person in high school to buy a CD burner. Mm. I'm sure especially the young audience is probably like, what is a CD burner? Sure. Uh, but basically, I was buying CDs and then making copies of them selling and then selling them to my friends. Five bucks or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Ten bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but if you add a cover, then you can you know, oh, yeah. get a couple more bucks <laughs> Print off a piece of the cover, yeah. Exactly. Well. And then so, um, so I always had this entrepreneurial mindset, but I always had this sort of make money fast. And even if you have to cut corners, it's okay. Yes. I had a broken moral compass. And so when I was 19 at UC Davis, I was studying economics and it was just hard for me to focus in school. So I knew that, you know, I wanted to get into business. I didn't want to wait to graduate. I also didn't want my parents paying my tuition. I wanted to be financially independent. So I started a real estate mortgage company. And if you've in ever college. watched in college at 19. And so I rented an office. The property manager looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, are your parents going to co-sign? <laughs> and I was like, no, they have no idea what I'm even doing. And for whatever reason, he believed in me. So I rented an office um, with whatever little money I had. It was a tiny space. As time went on, I got up to about like 25 employees or so. Wow, and that's crazy. If, have you ever seen the movie Boiler Room? Yeah. So when you walk into a room, you just see people like dialing for dollars. That's what it was where people were calling people, trying to get them to refinance their homes because interest rates were so sure, low. Sure. And everyone was taking cash out at that time in their properties. Wow. So they call, get people to try to, you know, refinance their homes, fill out a college app, fill out, fill out a loan application. And then I was the guy that would take those applications and then go to people's houses and try to close those deals. Wow. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all 
already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there to too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And I was doing super what, well. What gave you the, the, the courage to do this and yeah. say, I'm going to be a loan officer? <laughs> yeah, you know what's at crazy? 19. I was dealing with a really bad breakup at the time. And at that time, I was just like, I'm going to show this person. I'm going to go out and become super successful. And she's going to regret, you know, breaking up or however that relationship ended. Um, so I was sort of motivated by this breakup. Mm. And then also sort of the family background. My brother was in real estate. Okay. Um, so, you know, I had sort of like the, the entrepreneurial background before I was 21 years old, even legally able to drink. I had three houses what? and I bought a Lamborghini. That's crazy. And so I'm in this small college town making UC more Davis. money. Yeah, UC Davis. Yeah, there's like hardly anyone that not a lot of people live in Davis. So here I am, this college student driving this orange Lamborghini. You know, I was being funny at UC Davis. Yeah, there's like hardly anyone that not a lot of people live in Davis. So here I am, this college student driving this orange Lamborghini. You know, I was being super flashy and I was spending a lot of money. Uh, I was making great money, but I was spending it super fast as well. And what I didn't anticipate is that the 2008, 2009 mortgage crisis hit and completely wiped me out. I was spending money faster than I could make it at that point. And as soon as my income dropped, I could no longer keep up with that expensive lifestyle. Yeah. So I go in um, and now I'm like, how can I even make this? How can I even afford my car payment? That was my first like massive failure. Sure. So I'm like, how can I even afford these car, this car payment? I can't afford this lifestyle. And so I've always been pretty good about fast thinking and coming up with solutions. But often that might help me in the short run, but that thinking hurts me in the long run. I didn't realize it at the time. So I decided to start an exotic car rental company. Sure. I just created a website. I took a <laughs> bunch of pictures of my car. I'll rent it out. Exactly. I started renting it out and that's how I was making my car payment. Wow. So I was able to barely by like the hair of my chin, keep the, the, keep the expensive car. Exactly. Wow. So that was sort of my first experience with failure. I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do after that. And so I knew like I was passionate about real estate. I still thought I was gonna stay in real estate. So now I've got this exotic car rental company that I'm, I'm renting out my car. And then I go into rehabbing construct, uh, commercial properties in wow. real estate in Oakland. And so I found out about this government grant program mm. where for every dollar you spend on rehabilitating your properties, they will give you $1 back if you do it in areas that need improvement. Sure. So I was super excited about this and I was like, hey, I can take on all these projects at once because I'm gonna get all this money coming back in for the government. 
And I, you know, again, trying to go 100 miles an hour, I think I was 22, 23 years old, and I was like, I gotta make it, I gotta do something wow. big with my life, and I wanna make a name for myself, so I gotta go super fast. So I got myself into all of these construction projects, and what I didn't anticipate is that the city took about a year to give a reimbursement for that grant. Oh my gosh. So I found myself, once again, sort of in all this debt with contractors to pay, but I didn't have enough money to oh pay everybody because the grant money didn't come in. Could you so, take out a loan at the bank or no? Uh, well, I ended up taking some shortcuts on my grant <laughs> application paperwork. Oh man. But that wouldn't actually come to bite me. Are we allowed to cuss in this sure. or no? Okay, <laughs> that wouldn't come to bite me in the ass until I made headlines, I made international headlines in the medical marijuana industry. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? It gets crazier, I know, it just keeps getting crazier. So one of my commercial tenants walks in, you know, I was doing property management slash rehabilitating properties, uh, slash exotic car rents. I had a sword in my hand in a lot of things. One of my commercial tenants comes to me and says that they had a break-in inside of one of, their, um, one of their units. And on the application, he said that they were running a catering company. So I was like, okay, no problem. You know, let's call the police, let's report this break-in. And so as I pick up the phone to call, the tenant's like, no, 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 don't call the police. Before you call, I just wanna let you know I'm not actually running a catering business, I'm running a medical marijuana oh grow God. operation. Uh, in the unit. In the unit, and he's like, but it's all legal, and this and that. This is back in 2010, 2011. And you know, not a lot of people knew about medical marijuana or anything like that. And I'm like, are you kidding? You're growing weed and you're telling me that it's legal? Wow. Like, you're crazy, you're out of your mind. You know, I've gotta evict you. So we go through the whole legal process and then right before we go in front of a judge, my attorney comes to me and goes, hey Dar, just so you know, you're probably gonna lose this case because I looked at his paperwork and he's running a legit operation. And I was like, you're telling me it's legal to grow weed in California? And he says, yes, and then there's a big light bulb so went out. I That's didn't the Exactly. That's when the opportunist in me sort of wow. kicks in and says, you know what, this is gonna be my path. Like there's a huge opportunity here. So I started what CNN dubbed the Walmart of weed, <laughs> wow. which was basically um, like the largest hydroponic store, which sells you all of the equipment that you need to, to grow, wow. yeah, to, to grow medical marijuana. So I didn't actually ever sell medical marijuana itself. It right. was just all the equipment that you needed to grow it. So I started scaling that up. I started franchising the concept really? and I built like this crazy name for myself. I was on all these documentaries, all these international news. Um, you know, I definitely became like this high profile guy and people thought of me as sort of like the weed king, right? Or the ganja of guru, the right. guru of ganja. <laughs> yeah, that's what they would call me. And so as I'm becoming super high profile, I found out that the city of Oakland was issuing these medical marijuana cultivation licenses to four people that would allow them to grow weed for the entire state. And I was one of the four people that was selected for that opportunity. Wow. New York Times runs a front page story on it and says, you know, Darman gets selected for one of these four permits. I was living like, high. I was like, yeah, pun intended. I control the market. <laughs> You're like, I control the market. Exactly. I was like, this is massive. I've made it. This is going to be my lane. Now? I was probably like 24, 25 yeah, yeah, or yeah. so at this time. And then, um, and so I'm drawing so much attention. And as you know, attention can be a good thing or a bad but, thing. Yeah. I'm drawing so much attention that somebody in the district attorney's office is like, hey, let me look into this guy. You know, let me see if everything checks out. 
they start going through my paperwork for when I was submitting all of those real right. estate grant oh, wow. applications and they started seeing that I was taking shortcuts on that paperwork. Mm. It wasn't that I didn't pay anyone or I didn't complete all my, pro all my projects. I did all the work, I paid everyone. I just made it seem like it happened a little bit sooner than it actually did. Mm -hmm. But that was enough for them to file criminal charges against me. Wow. So I had been selected as sort of the winner as one of these four people that could grow medical marijuana for the entire state of California. I'm at the highest like state that you can imagine in my career. I'm well known, I'm super excited. And then boom, Darman, you know, the ganja, the guru of ganja gets hit with felony charges. Everything crashed and went downhill like instantly for me. Not only was I now dealing with this legal issue, but also the city of Oakland decided to revoke no. my permit that I had just won simply oh. off the charges. So now I've lost everything. People are distancing themselves yeah, from me. Yeah. This is the first time that I'm going through like negative press. I never dealt with any sort of like, you know, negative reputation sure. or anything like that. It is one of the most difficult things to deal with if you know you guys listening have never been with something like that. And now I'm gonna spend the next few years fighting this criminal case. Oh. So I fight this criminal case and then ultimately, so that was a second massive failure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I fight, I'm fighting this criminal case and it's about two years in or so, I ended up winning. All my charges get dropped. But in Alameda County, they can refile against you a second time. And especially, I was so high profile, everything they were doing was making yeah. headlines. They decide, they decide to file a second time. So now I'm like three years in fighting this case and you know, I'm running out of money. I don't have much because attorney fees are yeah. super expensive. I'm sort of you know, down to my final dollars and I go in front of a judge and he says, look, if you're willing to accept probation, this isn't like a jail time type of thing. If you accept probation for five years, you know, do good for five years, and then you can go ahead and clean your record after, we can just you know, get rid of this whole case kind of a thing. Yeah. So I accepted it, I accepted you know, the criminal charges, and I got on probation for five years. Wow. I, just a couple months ago, actually, uh, I had all my charges removed. Wow. So yeah, I no longer Congrats, have a criminal man. record. I know, so good. it was kind of crazy. And they actually talked about how I'm an example of how somebody can turn their life around wow. and sort of go from felon to fortune, to wow. good fortune. So that was the second massive okay. failure. And then after that, I decided to sell my medical marijuana company and it wasn't for a lot of money or anything like that. And I met a guy who was doing these investments um, into affiliate marketing. And you know, he was driving like a Ferrari and he was a young guy, he like spoke the language. Yeah. He was also half Indian. So I was like, man, this guy seems super trustworthy. Ended up becoming like super good friends with him. I'm investing the money that I made from selling my company yeah. to him. And he's paying me monthly, you know, interest Checks. payments. Yeah, investment. Yeah, 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 exactly. And these checks are like pretty large. Like he's giving oh. me like a crazy percentage. And so I'm all stoked. I'm telling my family about it. I'm telling my best friends. I moved to LA and now I've just got all this income coming in from this guy and I'm not working. So I've got all this time on my hands. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna start going buying expensive cars. And I rented like a, you know, a four story house in the Hollywood Hills with like six or seven bedrooms. I was living this super fast Hollywood life. 
And once again, I'm back on top, right? right, right. I'm like, great, I got around. this money now. And everybody, see, everybody thought that I had fallen, but see, I can do this. I'm back on top and was being super flamboyant and superficial once again, thinking that I didn't need to change who I was. I finally figured out my lane. And then, you know, sure enough, one month happens like, and my friend tells me like, hey, by the way, I'm gonna be a little late on my payments to you. And I'm like, okay, no problem, not a big deal. One month passes, two months pass, three months pass. And keep in mind, I had taken all this money from my friends and family, so I'm paying them all out from my pocket, oh. even though I have no income coming in from him. Ooh. And then about three months into it or so, I find out uh, he completely disappears. Wow. He just goes off the face of the earth. And this was somebody who I thought was like my best friend. And so that's when I realized like, holy crap, something's wrong. So all of a sudden my money stopped coming in. So once again, I'm like now in this financial pinch, mm. I'm spending way more money than I've got coming in, but now I've got this reputation on Instagram yes. as this guy who's sort of just printing money and has so much money that he's you know flying high. And I'm in this high profile relationship this guy disappears on me, so I have zero income coming in overnight with all this overhead that I'm trying to maintain, plus my friends and family relying on me for these Yeesh. monthly payments. Long story short, I'm, get, I'm sure you know everybody sort of, it seems so obvious in hindsight always, <laughs> you know? Long story short, turns out he was running a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Um, he's in jail now and everything, wow. crazy story, but um, since I was the high profile one, a lot of people thought that it was my scheme that I was running. And so all of a sudden, my money stopped. And then as soon as my money stopped, I was in a very superficial relationship, yeah. which I was sort of leading on the whole money aspect. So when you're in that kind of a relationship, as soon as your money stops, money, not exactly, lover, yeah. exactly. So very quickly, you know, my girl at the time left. And then not only that, basically broadcast to the world that I was like this broke person, um, you know, just she basically kicked me while I was already down. So I'm dealing with financial headaches and then I'm, you know, dealing with like all this pressure from this relationship. Then I've got this high profile falling out. Then I've got all his friends and family that like looking at money? me like, where's my money? Can you imagine how awkward that oh. Thanksgiving was oh. where I'm completely broke and literally everybody at the table I owe money to? So it was you, so bad. How'd you get through that holiday? Oh my God. It was so like, talk about rock bottom, you know? And that was right when I turned 30 years old. I am literally going through the most difficult time in my life. Oh man. And then I came to the realization well, that- the, Before you say the realization, yeah. how, How'd you explain yourself to people, your friends and family? Yeah. Like, what did you say? Well, you know what? I've did you try to, to make an excuse again? No, I or was very you... upfront about it, but wow. that's when I came to realize is that your reputation is worth more than money. Yeah. And because I had sort of always had these successes and failures and was always living this high profile lifestyle. That was your reputation. My, my reputation was in question. I couldn't say that, hey, take my word for it kind of a thing because no. people didn't know. Am I legit? Was, was I the one who was like, yeah. I always had a good heart, but I, you know, I always had good intentions and was trying to do things well, but I just had that broken moral compass. 
And so I would tell them that here's what's happening, you know, so just hang in there. But certain people sort of believe me, certain people weren't sure. Uh, but eventually after sort of it all came out that the, this guy was running the Ponzi scheme and he got arrested and all those things, they believed me, but they were still out of pocket, right? They were still out of money. Yeah. And I take my debts very seriously. So, you know, I'm going through literally right. It was my 30th birthday. I'm at this bar. I can't even afford the drinks. I was down to about $600 in my bank account. Mm. And, um, you know, just I've got rent due like in in a couple weeks or so. Not sure how I'm going to even make that rent payment. I call my parents and especially in Indian households, like a 30 year old man moving in with your parents, <laughs> especially when you owe them money as oh, it is, man. it is so embarrassing. And so, you know, I was going through massive depression, like on a, on a different scale where literally every single day I would just wake up and I would just walk around my block all day because I couldn't sit still. Wow. I lost all my friends. Nobody wanted to associate with me. My reputation was downhill. Again, no money. And I'm just like, okay, how am I gonna turn my life around? And then that was the first time in my life that I said, I am the problem. Wow. I am the reason that I am in this situation. It's not because of the real estate economy crashing or this district attorney's office targeting me. Or my ex-girlfriend. Or, or... Exactly, or this best friend of mine that was running this scheme that took advantage. It is my fault because you know what? Even if these other people did screw me over, I attracted them into my life. You made the decision to be with them or to do business with them. Exactly, right? yeah. and people are attracted to flash, but the wrong kind of people come into your life as well. Yeah. And so, you know, I was bringing all this negative attention to myself. So that's when I came to realize that the only way my life is gonna change is if I change. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, I started reading books, listening to audiobooks, listening to podcasts, meditating, like starting, I, I came to the realization that mm -hmm. external success starts with internal success. Yeah. And that the only way I was gonna change my life around is if I change my thinking process. But that seems like such what? a slow solution yeah. and slow turnaround when you've got all these massive problems on you. So yeah, I could talk about my turnaround, yeah, but I'll stop yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. So, so your parents, what do they say? They said, okay, you can live with us. They give you conditions or was it just, yeah, come and live and you're fine and we love you no matter what. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was, it was hard. Um, I definitely took it upon myself and especially like with Indian households, like it's tough love, yeah. you know, like they weren't like, no, you're on your own. They were like, Hey, yeah, definitely. We'll take you in, but you screwed up, you know, and like, you've got to take responsibility for that. And so it was sort of at my bottom, but I never ended up moving in with them because I got a lifeline in a very unexpected place mm -hmm. that ended up turning my life around. Tell me that lifeline. So I was, you know, once again, trying to figure out how I, how I was even gonna pay rent. And at this point, you know, I was off social media because I realized that if I was gonna be able to really create change, that I could no longer be that guy anymore. And so you even had to though- kill 
I had to kill man, that identity that everyone knew about. I had to kill Jet Set Life, which was my Instagram, right. but it's sort of my alter ego as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I have to kill it. And can you imagine? Well, I mean, can you imagine having like almost a million followers and everyone thinks that you're this major baller and then all of a sudden going off the grid? So literally, I would go to places and people were just like, oh, you're that guy. And they look at me like negatively, like I was this, you know, scammer guy or that I was broke or I fell oh, from man. grace. And it was so hard. But when I was out um, to dinner one night, I'm with a group of people. And one of those people at the table was a makeup artist. And she was going around the world teaching these makeup seminars. And, you know, they were selling out all across the world. And she was charging $300, $400 a pop for this. She's telling me the story. And I'm blown away. I know nothing about makeup at that time, obviously, you know, like most guys. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it. And I'm just asking her, I just sort of blurted out like, hey, have you ever thought about taking that concept online? And uh, she goes, no, I, you know, that's actually a good idea. I would love to, uh, but I don't know how. And you you're know, like, sort of like, like I do. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> I blurted out. I never built a website before. I never, I knew nothing about makeup. I was like, I can do it. And I was literally, you know, on my last dollars with very little time to make rent. And she looks at me and for whatever reason she goes, Okay, let's do it. Did she know about so, your reputation and about everything that it went down? Uh, she didn't know the full extent about it, but for whatever <laughs> reason, she just sort of, you know, I, I don't know. You had uh, charm. Some, maybe it's you fate, charmed her, yeah. Maybe it's, you know, God, however you want to look at it, right? But she needed to take her business to another level. Exactly. She couldn't do it herself. Exactly. You were there at the right time. Right time, right her. place, exactly. And you know, most of the time, a lot of people could just let that opportunity pass up. Yeah. But that's the thing about opportunities is they're all around us. Yeah. But if you're not in that right mindset where you're ready for that opportunity, you'll miss it. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds. Thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magirite is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Canva. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. But I was in that mindset, like, I God, give me anything. I will take anything. Make up, I'm in. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, I can do it. So boom, I've only got a couple weeks left until rent is due. I've got 600 bucks to my name. I went out and I bought some softbox lights and a little, the cheapest webcam you could get. Mm -hmm. I spent 400 bucks on that. I've got 200 bucks left. I put an ad on Craigslist and I'm like, hey, can somebody build a website for 200 bucks for an online makeup school? All these people tell me you're crazy, go to hell. And then one person says, hey, I can't do it for 200, but you know what, I believe in you. If, you, if it works, pay me, um, he's like, give me 200, and if it works, you know, pay me a few hundred extra bucks if it's successful. And I'm like, perfect, Done. golden. So I launched the whole website, she starts promoting it, and thank God it hit. Right away, you know, she had about a million followers on Instagram wow. as well at that time. 
Um, so she starts promoting this website that, hey, you can do online makeup classes. Um, and so it ends up hitting right away, like our very first month, I think we made like a few hundred thousand dollars in revenue. Wow. And so now You're once like, again, I'm in. yes, I'm Quick back success. in the money. Quick success. <laughs> exactly. So now right, like right away, I'm like, cool, I'm back in the money, right? So, all right, do I want to get a Lamborghini? Maybe, yeah, do I yeah. want to get a Ferrari? Gucci bags, yeah, 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 exactly. That's where my mindset's wow. going. And then I realize, and I'm like, no, wait this time I'm gonna do things differently. Wow. And so I was living in this tiny studio apartment that, you know, probably about 300 square feet or so. There wasn't even enough room for a bed and a couch. Um, so I had to turn, I had the couch that I use as the bed and I had a roommate, so we took turns sleeping on, I would sleep on the floor one night, he Shut would sleep up. on the bed one night, we would take turns. No way. And I was running the business from there as well. So I'm in this tiny space, and so right away I'm like, I'm gonna go back to the hills and this and that, but I'm like, no, you know what? I'm gonna make myself stay in this studio apartment until not only do I have like a nice savings, but until I pay every single wow. person back that I owed money to. So I forced myself to stay wow. there. I was carless, I had zero cars. I went from nine exotic cars at my peak to zero cars. And I stayed at zero cars, even though I had a great business that was bringing in a lot of money. So it, within a matter of a few months, thank God, I paid off all my friends, I paid off all my family. They had so much respect for me because they, know, they knew it came out of my own personal yeah, pocket. it was hard. Exactly. And then, you know, I'm starting, now I'm starting to grow a business again. And then during one of those, one of these online makeup classes, I, I start scaling it up. I'm working with different makeup artists now. I'm starting to build different online makeup schools. Yes. I'm scaling up the business. And during one of these online makeup classes, one of the models happens to be my now fiance yes. slash baby mama, Laura, <laughs> baby mama. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who I talk about quite often and you also know. Yep. And uh, she came into my life sort of at that perfect time because, you know, it's interesting when you meet people during your high, you never really know, like those were, it's much easier to meet somebody at your, at your low and build up together. But if you meet somebody at your high and fall down, those relationships are very difficult to keep intact and don't yeah, last. Yeah. So whereas my previous relationship, I started at my high and then went down and that quickly exploded. With Laura, I met her at my low. And then she, and I decided to be honest with her from the beginning. Wow. And I was like, hey, I just want to let you know, I don't have a car. I live in this tiny studio apartment. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not doing too well financially, but I've got these big dreams. And, you know, if you can believe in me and this and yeah. that. And right from the beginning, she just believed in me. Wow. She would always buy dinners wherever we'd go and was carrying all, like, was fronting all the bills and everything, which in LA, like I'm not sure how much you know, happen. but in LA yeah, that does not happen. <laughs> but she was just a really good person. And then ultimately, you know, I was sort of becoming in the right mindset, but mindset changes take a long time. Mm -hmm. So even though I was trying to be this better person, I was definitely still having like some relapses <laughs> where I wanted to go back to sure. like that old lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. But she sort of helped like me, she helped guide me and fix my broken compass. And so with her and I together, now I had the aim and the speed. That's good. And so basically I scaled up, I went from online makeup classes to partnering with you know, Laura. We created our own makeup products. We started an online beauty box subscription. 
scaled that company up, started it with $600, within two years took it to eight figures in revenue. We just hired our 100th employee. Crazy. Um, So, you know, it's just crazy as to how much that scaled up. I continue to stay off Instagram. I continue to stay dark. And I was just like, I am not gonna go back in social media. I do not wanna go back to my old ways. So for about four to five years, even though I was making great money and was certainly able to go back to that previous lifestyle, I still just say very conservative in order to make sure that that mindset shift that I needed to make to be successful mm, was a permanent one. Wow. Where do you think so? And, what, yeah. and what's the, it's crazy. And what's the story you haven't told? Yeah. So what's crazy is that <laughs> while, all right. So as bad as it was about like when I lost all my money and celebrating my 30th birthday as well. Um, you know, while I was going through the, the relationship falling out, while I was going through owing all the friends and family money, while I was going through all that reputation damage, the FBI was also no investigating. Way. And they thought that I was running that scheme because the person, my friend at that time, um, he was off social media and so he was sort of using me as the front runner. So I was the ambassador. Exactly. I didn't even know this, but I was sort of this front guy. So I was also being investigated and I I was already on probation and I was on probation. So I literally thought that I was just going to be from the weed business, from the weed business. (laughs) And I've got the feds investigating me. And so if you could imagine how dark of a cloud was over my head, I was literally like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in a prison. Wow. I thought that I was never going to get out of Holy that. Holy cow, that's And dark. that was going to be, that was my life. That right? was your legacy. And, you know, thankfully the truth always comes out. And, you know, I, I firmly believe that, that if you do good and you're an honest person, that eventually comes out. And it didn't take them too long to realize yeah, right. what who the real culprit was. Wow. And then so I was vindicated from the whole thing. I'm curious, where do you think <laughs> the broken moral compass came from? Yeah, you know, I mean, it was definitely part of my upbringing. I think a lot of young people suffer from this where they see people doing well in life and especially you see the success stories of like LeBron James, like, you know, just takes off the NBA at such a young age or Mark Zuckerberg co-found, like founds Facebook, you know, in his early 20s and becomes a billionaire, Kylie Jenner. Like I was obsessed with success and money And it really got to me that there were so many young people that were massively successful. So I was chasing money because I felt like I had to be one of those early success stories. Why did you feel like you had to be? Okay, so. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't you just be? (laughs) You know, at this point in my life, I'm definitely looking back and realizing that so much of our traits today stem from things that happened to us during our childhood, right? My parents were never around because they were always building a business. So since they weren't around, the only way to keep me busy is they would give me money, Mm. right? At a young age. I'm not talking about a ton of money, but like a hundred bucks when you're 10 years old, 12 years old is a lot of money. I would get like five bucks maybe. Exactly. So I always sort of associated money with love. Mm. And looking back, you know, I was the only Indian high school, I was the only Indian student in my high school or my entire city besides my brother, but he was older than me and went off to college by the time I went to high school. And in high school, it was sort of very cliquish where all the people, all the Asians sat together, all the black kids sat together, all the white kids sat together. And I'm this Indian kid like trying to fit in. 
And the weirdest thing, man, is like my darkest memories and what I, what I come to realize now, my darkest memories was trying to find who I was going to eat lunch with mm. every single day. Yeah. And I know that sounds so sad and pathetic, but every time that lunch bell would ring, like I would just be like, which group of kids can I sit with today? And I always felt like the outcast. Yeah. And so I used to go and have lunch with my teachers. Wow. And it was this constant battle of just feeling mm. rejected, yeah, feeling yeah. like the loner, feeling like the outcast. And I wanted people to accept me so bad. And so what I thought was that the only way people would accept me or love me was if I had a lot of money right. to offer. Because I thought money and love was the same thing. And so I was like, I'm going to become so successful and have so much money where everyone's going to want to be my friend. And so even every relationship I started, I'd always go into it with like, hey, you know, I can help you make money and I can do sure, this sure, and that. Sure. And I thought that was the right friend. way yeah, to yeah. build relationships with people. And once again, that was what was attracting all these mm. people into my life that essentially were not good influences on Wow, me. that's crazy. I think a lot of us are shaped by those things. I remember a, f a number of instances, but a couple ones that come to mind. One that I don't think I've ever talked about uh, on my show, but just came to me when you, you told that story. When I was a young kid in my town, I didn't, I didn't have any friends either, and I think I've told you this, and, and I remember there was a couple kids who were like playing outside, and I went to go try to play with them. And they wouldn't let me play with them. They said, we have like a special club. This is like a, a club and you have to, there's only two ways you can get in the club. Okay. And one, this is one of my earliest memories. There's only two ways you can get in the club. One is you have to be smart enough to answer a set of questions. Yeah. And if you get the questions right, you join the club. And if not, you have to pay money to be in the club. Wow. And I think it was like six or seven. Okay. And so, which School was not do? my thing. So, right, I didn't have any money. Oh, you didn't have money. I didn't have any money, so I go, I go, what's the questions? Yeah. yeah. And one of the questions was like, name someone who's been on the moon, mm. right? And I didn't know the answer. Mm -hmm. And then I can't remember the other questions, but I didn't get any of the questions okay. right. Gotcha. Not even close. Yeah. I, would, I didn't even make up something that was close. Yeah. And they said, sorry, you're not smart enough to, to be in our club. Yeah. And they said, but if you have $5, you can give us the money and then you can be in the club. So I went home and I begged my mom for $5. She got out a shoebox. This is when we didn't have any money, yeah. right? She got a little shoebox, found all the change she could get to give me so I could have a couple of friends. Wow. And I remember going to their house, handing them this box, and hanging out with them for the next hour, feeling so miserable. Oh, wow. Feeling like I gave them this money, now I'm in the club. Yeah. But they didn't want to hang out with me. You know what I mean? I was there because I did the act, but I was just like, yeah. I didn't feel good. I wasn't having fun. And I was just like, man, I need to be someone. I need to be interesting enough for people to want to hang out with me because I'm never going to be smart enough. Yeah. So I got to do something. Right. And that was one of those early stories that yeah. shaped me into needing to prove people wrong or needing to do something differently exactly. to like get attention. Right. And the second one was when I was picked last in recess for, for a dodgeball game. Gotcha. Our class. Hey, you're a big guy, too. So. Big guy. I was in third or fourth grade. Okay. My teacher, 
he wasn't intentionally trying to do anything wrong. He picked two of the popular kids and said, okay, you guys be the captains. Like, pick your team. And um, you pick one at a time. And I think there's probably 30 or 40 of us in the class, yeah. right? And so the two popular kids are like picking all the guys one at a time, like the cool guys, right? And it gets down to me and like the last three guys. And I'm like, they got to pick me. I'm an yeah. athlete. I'm like yeah, yeah. pretty athletic at this point. Yeah. And they don't pick me. I'm the last guy uh, available. And they, they skip me and they start picking girls. And then they start oh picking one gosh. girl at a time. Yeah. You know, and when you're eight, nine years old, that's a big deal. Yeah. To have a girl picked over you. Exactly. At that time, it was right. like a... They were just all laughing at me oh my gosh. and making fun of me. And so I wasn't even, I was the last one picked over all the girls as well. Wow. And I remember just saying to myself, F everyone. Yeah. F the world. Right. I'm going to show these kids. I'm going to yeah. destroy them. Wow. And I was just like a dodgeball machine. Just like, <laughs> boom, boom, everybody. catch everything. <laughs> ah, you know, just getting all the anger out. And those moments, yeah. I'm telling the story with so yeah. much passion still, right. just like you did. Right. Because they shaped us. Absolutely. And I remember saying after that moment, I was like, I'm never going to be picked last again for yeah. a sport or in life. Yeah. Right? Wow. And what's it going to have to take for me yeah. to be the best athlete I can be? Yeah. And sports and wow. winning became the association for love for me. Gotcha. If I lost, gotcha. then I wasn't going to have friends. Wow. Because when I started to be so good, they couldn't ignore me. I yeah. became picked first. I was MVP on every team. I was wow. captain. All American. Everything, right? <laughs> it was like I was driven by winning. Yeah. And so anything I, anything I lost at anything in life, yeah. I would take it personally and feel like no one's going to love me. Wow. And it shaped yeah. until I had a breakdown at 30 years old. Okay. At the same time. Same wow. time. When I started to go through my transition okay. in life, that made me realize, wow, my whole life has been shaped around winning. Yeah. And needing to be right. Gotcha. And needing to look good. And when I kind of had that death of that identity, yeah. that's when everything started to turn around for me. Gotcha. So wow. we, have a, we have a similar story in the yeah. sense of like timeline of yeah. killing an ego, an identity, and being exactly. driven by something to help us achieve that wasn't ultimately fulfilling us. Exactly. So it's crazy Love to that. have a, a similar story in that, in that, in that, in that space. So you, you realize <laughs> about your moral compass from this. I think that's right. the most powerful thing. Once we, when we come to a place in our life where we realize this is why we are the way we are. Yeah. These are some of the situations, some of the stories, the, exactly. the memories we have that have shaped us. Right. And you start to do the work. Laura starts to recorrect you as you go off. Exactly. Your, your, your path. She brings you back. You guys right. are staying connected. You build this up. You decide, I'm not going to post anything. I'm not going to buy the fancy <laughs> car right now. I'm going to exactly. wait. Exactly. And... When did you realize, okay, now is the time I can come back? Yeah, for sure. So it wasn't until last year. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was about, was it my 35th birthday? No, I didn't even get back on Instagram until after that. That's when I got on Facebook. Okay. It was on my 35th birthday. Just what day is that? So May 29th, uh, last year, uh, 2018. Gotcha. So I am doing, um, so now I've got this successful beauty box business that I'm building out with Laura. And I keep asking her, like every year that went by, I was like, you know, is this the year? Is this the year? Laura's like the most amazing, supportive person is ever. Is this the year for what? For me to get back on social media. Really? Yeah. For, and, you know, she would say, whenever you feel that you're ready, it's totally up to you. Because right? you're working with social so, media influencers. I'm working with social you're media You're seeing what they're doing. Exactly. You're seeing all the opportunities. Yeah, exactly. 
And I know like, you know, I've got the ability to now, like I've got a great business that's doing super well. Stable relationship. Exactly. I've got more money in the bank account and people still looked at me as sort of like, here's this mysterious guy. Like, is he real? Is he not real? Because he's been off of Instagram for years. And when, you know, you're sort of high profile, then go off the grid, everybody sort of assumes that there's something shady about that. And there was, (laughs) but not at that time. Right. And so I really did want to clean up my name and my reputation and show people that, hey, I'm this new guy now, but I held myself back. And I was like, no, I am not going to come back until I'm 100% ready. But when I come back, (laughs) I'm going to come back with a vengeance. Um, so I continued to stay off and then it wasn't until last year. So, you know, I've always, here, here's the crazy part of it all, right? Is that now I create a lot of videos that inspire people and motivate people, but I had to go through every one of those massive failures in order to become the person that I needed to be, in order to learn the lessons that I needed to learn, and most importantly, in order to empathize yeah. with the pain and struggle people go with that every day. other people were going through in order to create content that really connects with people. Yeah. So because I went through that, because I was always a guy that for whatever reason, I just, I wasn't emotional. I wasn't sensitive. And so, if, you know, if I ever hurt anyone's feelings or anything yeah, like whatever. that, it wouldn't really bother me, right? And it wasn't until that I went through so much pain and hardship that I became so much more empathetic towards others that I could speak to people and relate with them and connect with them in a way that I never would have been able to in the past. So I was sort of at this like new mindset. It was like this DAR 2.0 guy when I finally decided to start creating content. You know, there's this quote that I love by a Dalai Lama who says, it's the depth of your suffering defines the height of your joy. Mm. And it was because I suffered so much, it was able to take me to this new place in life, this new level of happiness that I never experienced yeah. before. And that's not possible until you really start caring, until you open up your heart and you really start having love for people. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. And so, you know, I continue to stay off the grid. And then I came to realize last year that, look, you know, now through Live Glam, my beauty subscription box, right. I've got a team of people. I've got, you know, all these, I've got, I know how to create video. Like I've got all the skills necessary to start creating content. I'm going to start putting out inspirational videos to help transform lives 
the same way that I was able to transform my own. So on May 29th, on my birthday last year, 2019, I put out my first video and it took me 200 takes wow. of me sitting in front of a camera saying, this, saying the same scripted stuff over and over again. I literally thought that my videographer was just gonna leave because it was so redundant. Uh, but after 200 takes, I finally posted my first video. I was super excited, like, man, it's gonna go viral. Like, I don't know how virality works. And you know, I kept refreshing, kept refreshing after I posted it, thinking like, it's gonna get millions of views. And I think I got like 100 views or 200 views yeah. or something like that. And uh, so I definitely felt defeated, but I kept going during that whole content journey. So my first video was just me talking in front of a camera. And at this point, I'm at the place in my life where I'm disciplined enough, where if I commit to something, I'm gonna see it You'll through. figure it out, yeah. Whereas the old me was like, if I'm not making money right away, I'm hopping on to next. the next thing. But now the new me just says, hey, if something's not working out right away, it's okay, keep going, everybody starts somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't have a money motive going into it. Just wanted to help people. All I wanted to do was help people. So I had no pressure. And luckily I had a successful business as well. So I continued to put out videos for the next three or four months or so. And every time, same thing. I'd take a whole bunch of takes in front of a camera. I would talk about you know, whatever my lesson was that I was trying to convey. Yeah, yeah. I'd post a video, get super excited, thinking it's gonna go viral, complete flop. I don't think any one of my videos even broke a thousand views wow. for the first three months. Then I was like, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Like maybe I shouldn't just be in front of a camera telling people how to think or feel. Yeah. People's attention span is so short. Tough. You know, it's hard to absorb information that way. So I was like, what if I instead told a story? So I started experimenting with stories and then I would have cartoons and yeah. I would tell stories. And then I realized that those would start to get between one to 5,000 views if more. I did it that way. And I was like, all right, storytelling, right? So it was me in front of a camera telling a story and that started working a little bit better. But still, nobody, you know, 5,000 views is not big yeah. numbers, right? And, um, and then I realized like, okay, what if instead of me telling the story, I showed people the story. And so that's when I decided to hire actors um, to actually um, act out whatever the message that I was trying to convey was. And so these actors would go on and act scenes out and then I would come mm -hmm. on at the end of that and say, here's the lesson that can come from this story that you just saw. Yeah. So those videos now took me from one to 5,000 views from about five to 10,000 views. And I was like, all right, I'm on to something. So about four months in, now it's September, 2019. Um, and as I'm going, you know, I'm continuing to have these videos that are getting between one to 10,000 views. And I'm still like, you know what, like, this is not really worth my time. It's taking so much energy it's and time. It's taking so much energy. Like every night I was pretty much up late nights, like working, editing this content. I wasn't coming home. You know, I wasn't with Laura every night, which was pretty much her only time because I was always working. And I was stressing myself out and I was on the, I was just ready to give up. So this one night I tell Laura and I said, you know what? I tried, at least I tried for four solid months and it's not working out, you know, the way that I had hoped. Right. So the next video I'm gonna post is in the morning. I had already recorded it. I, I, public, I uploaded it onto Facebook, scheduled it to post at 6 a.m. the following day. And I told Laura, I said, this is the last video that I'm gonna post.
And, you know, I'm sorry. Thanks for hanging in there with me, you know, supporting me through all this. I really appreciate it. And she saw how hard it was for me, you know, to not have this thing work. So she said, hey, you know what, if, if that's your decision, you know, I support you. I understand. So I went to bed that night thinking I'll never make another video. Wow. The next morning, Laura's <laughs> shaking me like, wake up, wake up. It's like 6.30 a.m. or something. And I wake up and she goes, Dar, Dar, that video, that video is going viral. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? She goes, that video that you scheduled to post this morning. She goes, look at it. I open my phone, my eyes are still like blurry. I'm like trying to focus and I look at it and it had gotten like over a hundred thousand views in like an hour or something wow. like that. That video today now is over a hundred million views. Crazy. And so what's crazy is I was a, I was on the verge of giving up. The literally the night before, I had told myself I was done making videos. And then the very next morning, I had my first viral video. Wow, it's crazy. And it was man. on relationships. Amazing. And so that was like, I was like, oh my God, I'm back, you know, like I got this. A big light bulb went off. And then I realized like, okay, I finally figured out a formula that works. Yeah. And then I continued to sort of optimize. And like the next few videos, you know, were also flops. But then every like 10 videos, one would take off. And now my videos were getting like between 100,000 to like some, a few million right, views. Right. And you know, this is like October, 2018. Crazy. And then, you know, for every 10 videos, I'd have one that hit, you know, in the millions. And then I kept getting better. I'm a, I'm a guy who likes to analyze things, as you sure, know. Sure. And I would just be like, why did this video work and these nine didn't? And I would come up with different theories and I would test them, go back to the drawing board. And I kept trying to optimize my whole content strategy. And then as time went on, every five videos, I would get one that goes viral. Right. Then every three, then every two. And now, I mean, almost Everyone. every video I put out ends up with in the tens of millions of views now. It's amazing, man. Um, so yeah, all within, you know, probably about like 13, 14 months or so. Crazy. It went from, you know, publishing that first video on my birthday to getting 100 views. To now, you know, being at just shy of three billion views, all within about a year. My man, what's the so. biggest? What's the biggest? What's the biggest <laughs> lesson in the last year since that first one went viral, on content in general of creating viral content absolutely. for people that want to grow their their message out? Yeah, there? absolutely. So I would say the number one thing is you have to move people emotionally, right? And you have to make people feel something. Because what my success metric, the only this, the key to my success for my viral videos is, is one thing. It's the share button, right? On Facebook. Facebook has this share button where if you like something, you can click that share button and now it's going to your audience. And if they like it, they're going to hit that share yeah. button and it just continues to snowball like that. And so what I come to realize is that the only way you're going to get somebody to share something is you have to touch them emotionally. And there's different types of emotions, but the key ones for me, like sadness, mm -hmm. happiness, or you can make them laugh. I'm not very funny, yeah, so yeah. I'm good on the sadness and happiness because I've experienced that a lot in my life. Um, so as long as you can really figure out what hits that emotion, that's going to move people to hit that share button. And so the number one comment that I look for to know that my videos are really resonating is 
that video made me cry. Mm. That is what I look for. If you yeah. look at the comments on my video, it goes viral. If it's that right. video made me cry. That is like the number one thing that I go for. Number two, relatability. So many people look at my videos and say, that reminds me of when I grew up, wow. or that reminds me of my dad who I miss so much, or that reminds me of my last relationship and thank God I'm not with that guy anymore or whatever else. So if you can just create relatable content, I was trying to have all these like nice fancy productions and having all these fancy locations, but the videos that would do the best are the ones that were shot in my own kitchen or, or a bedroom or my own living room. Mm -hmm. If people can see something and just be able to connect with it, relate to your story, they're moved emotionally, that's what's gonna cause them to share that wow. video. Love it, man. <laughs> We've only got a few minutes left, so I'm gonna oh respect your time and Laura downstairs, but um, we'll have to come back wow. and do a whole nother masterclass <laughs> on content creation another time. I'm curious, yeah. almost the three billion views, what's the vision moving forward for the next year or two? And we're starting a new year and a new decade. Absolutely. Where do you see this type of content going forward for yourself? And for creators, right. where do you see, if people want to be successful on social media and on content creation, what do they need to do? Right. Is it focusing on these emotional triggers? Is it scripted content? Is it, what is it? Exactly, that's a great question. Um, so, you know, one thing I decided early on that really helped, um, really helped establish my vision is that the only content that I'm gonna create is content that matters, yeah. that makes a positive impact in people's yeah. lives. So the saying that we've got at Darman Studios is we're not just telling stories, we're changing lives. So that really helped narrow my focus. And now that I know that we're only gonna create content that impacts lives, the next step of this is to go towards children, um, to target really like the younger audience who mm -hmm. doesn't have the same attention span because all the content I create, you know, is between five to 10 minutes or so and it's made for the shorter attention span yeah. generation. So lessons that are a little bit more aimed towards kids, that's the new division. And then going international, that's yeah. the other goal yeah, for next big. year. So doing videos in Hindi, in Spanish, yeah. um, you know, in Mandarin, in all the different types of languages, and also using set like using sets and locations and visuals that are relatable for them. Yeah. So we might even open up like locations in other countries so that when they wow. see things, they can really resonate. That's cool. But the future of content creation, like, you know, a lot of people get hung up on the algorithms changed or, you know, there's all these other influencers now or whatever else. As long as you can be those two things, you can be relatable, right? And, and be someone that others can really connect with and then also move people emotionally where your content makes them feel something, then you're really gonna succeed in the, in the long run, no matter how much the algorithm changes yeah. or no matter how many other influencers are wow, out there. That's great, man. How can we connect to you? Where can we find your stuff? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much anywhere now. Uh, if you just search Darman, it's D-H-A-R, man with two N's. Uh, that's how you can find all my socials. And yeah. 
Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Are the back, on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> back, back on Instagram. Back on Instagram as of a few months ago. Yeah, I just got yeah. back this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So you're on those three main platforms. Are you, and you have a website too? or where? Yeah, darman.com. Darman.com. Exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. And the beauty subscription box is liveglam.com. L-I-V-E. Yeah, G-L-A-M. Dot com. Exactly. To learn more about that business and what yes, you guys sir. are doing there. Um, this question is called The Three Truths. And I'm curious what yours are. I don't know if you know okay. this question, but no, it's no. Um, imagine you live another hundred plus years and you achieve everything in, that you want to achieve. Yeah. All your dreams that come true. But for whatever reason, you've got to take all your content and creations with you. So okay. all, all your videos, the lessons you've got, you know, trillions of views at this point and a billion videos <laughs> you've made and you've got, you've created the Walt Disney studio of your own, but you've got to take it with you. <laughs> No one else has access to any of the lessons, the principles that you've shared anymore through your content. Yeah. But you get to leave behind a piece of paper and you can write down the three things you know to be true about everything in your life. The three lessons that you've learned the most that have impacted you yeah. that you would share with the world. They don't have any of the other content, but they get these three lessons that you could share with yeah. them. What would be your three truths? Yeah, it'd be very short. <laughs> But it would basically be keep going mm -hmm. because if my life is any example, then you know that you can bounce back from mm -hmm. failure and you can turn your life around yeah. no matter how low of a point that you're at. Two, stay laser focused. I try to only focus on one thing at mm -hmm. a time, as you know. Yeah. So really go 100% all in to whatever that goal yeah. is. And number three, Think long-term. Mm. Don't make short-term decisions. I was doing that all my life. It feels good in the moment, but in the long run, it really hurts you. Taking the long run route is harder to get to, but once you get there, it's the most rewarding feeling ever. Wow, I love it, man. Well, I appreciate so, you yeah. for the challenges you've overcome because I think it's easy to continue to make excuses for bad behavior, bad moral compass, bad actions, whatever it may be. Uh, and it's, it's not, it's not easy to bounce back from that. Right. It's challenging to come back after a third time yeah. and not continue to repeat that pattern. Right. So I, I want to acknowledge you for, for showing up in a different way over the last few years and doing the hard work to show up <laughs> right. in a different way when no one wanted to be your friend. Yeah. Right. No one wanted to hang out with you. No one right. maybe trusted you. No one wanted to do business with you. Right. Exactly. And so I acknowledge you for making that conscious decision to say, you know what, I want to look at myself as a problem. What do I need to change? Right. Because I think some people um, think they need to be uh, perfect all the time, but we make mistakes. Right. But it's when you are consciously deciding to be different, that's when it's really inspiring. Exactly. Right? It's really inspiring when you get to that point. Some of us takes longer than others. Yeah. You know, me, <laughs> it took me a lot longer than most. <laughs> but I acknowledge you for showing up and for... Yeah. You know, finding your lane of purpose, helping people, service. Now, you still like nice things and you still like your, <laughs> right. you, you still, you know, like all this different stuff. But I think having a mission of purpose is, is powerful. So I acknowledge you for that, man. Thank and you. I'm really grateful for our friendship really and for, for you. connecting and for you sharing the story openly. Yeah. Man. So thank you. Um, my final question is what's your definition of greatness? What's my definition of greatness? Doing what you love every single day. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, if I could change anything right now about my life, 
it would be anything. I would literally just keep doing the same thing that I am today. So just being fulfilled with who you are and happy yeah. where you are. It's good. Yeah. Darn man. Appreciate <laughs> Thank it, man. you, brother. Good stuff, this was man. amazing. Thanks, Really bro. appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. There you have it, my friend. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Darman. Powerful story about how he overcame so many different challenges from the, the poor decisions he made to how he didn't let those decisions define him. Make sure to share this with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 898. And if this is your first time here, welcome to the School of Greatness community. We've got over 150 million audio downloads in almost seven years. We're about to hit the seven-year mark. So make sure to click the subscribe button on Apple Podcast, over on Spotify, anywhere you like to listen to podcasts, and share this with a friend. If you know one friend who's maybe gone through some challenging times lately, share this with them as a reminder to inspire them on what's possible in their life. Be a hero in someone's life today by sharing this with them. LewisHouse.com slash 897. Also, you can text me right now if you want to get inspirational and motivational text messages from me. I send out little micro audios uh, and motivational messages every single week. Just text me at 614-350-3960. Just text the word podcast so I know where you came from. And I'll send you messages every week. Little two, three-minute audio messages from me that I don't put out anywhere else. So shoot me a text right now, 614-350-3960. And also, go to greatness.com right now. Opt in for our documentary. You can watch it for free. It's coming out in a few weeks. So make sure to go to greatness.com. Opt in to be notified of when we're launching. And also, we're doing a one-night-only premiere here in Los Angeles where you can come watch it live. Tickets will be limited. So make sure to get on that notification list at greatness.com right now when we launch the announcement. Again, I love this quote from Jim Carrey. He said, I hope everybody could get rich and famous and will have everything they ever dreamed of so they will know that it's not the answer. You've got to find the answer that means well for you. What is the truth for you of what you're seeking in your life? The reason we do these episodes and interviews is to help bring you that fulfillment, bring you those tools, bring you the strategy to create and cultivate that inner peace, that inner drive to make greatness for your life. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Big thanks to Darman, who is crushing it and doing some amazing things. Make sure to follow him and check him out on social media. Watch his videos, share them as well. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? 
Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 